Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Navy Wife Radio. You're listening to Wendy and Marie. We're here live every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern and on demand at NavyWifeTalkRadio.com. Tonight, we're taking your calls live as we welcome a special guest to the show. Laugh, learn, and relate with us. It's the Subwife on Navy Wife Radio. Hey, this is Seawolf from the hit web series, Hey Shipwreck. You're listening to Wendy and Marie on Navy Wife Radio, SubmarineWife.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Navy Wife Radio. I just wanted to um, tell you I'm so glad that you all tuned in tonight. Um, Our show tonight is being sponsored by SubmarineWife.com. Today is July 10th, 2007. Um, Our show today, we have a lot going on, so we're just going to get right to it. I want to let you know that Marie, she is... um, well, she's on vacation, and she might be calling in. She's down there in Disney World. You guys heard her talking about it last week. And um, they're on the road, and so we'll see if she's able to make it or not due to technical difficulties, it seems, at this point. So um, I want to let you know that tonight on tonight's show, we have a special guest. Her name is Tanya Bianc. She's the author of the book Army Wives, which if you've seen the Army Wives TV series on Lifetime, then you're familiar with that. Um, that her book is the basis for that TV show, and that show airs 10 p.m. Eastern Time on Lifetime on Sunday nights. So we're going to talk about that, and then um, if we have time, we're going to talk about some easy ways to book your trip to Disney. We started that last week, and we just have some more information for you on that. And um, then we have a couple of hot posts over at the website, submarinewife.com, which we'll talk about. So. Um, right now, I'm going to just go over with you some OPSEC stuff. That way, we make sure that if you guys call in or you IM your questions in, that you follow OPSEC. And um, as far as OPSEC goes, please no discussion of boat movements, dates, boat names, port calls, destinations, any of that stuff, people's names in connection with the boat. In regards to OPSEC, our posts on our website are not always in present time. Example for writing a blog about deployment, that does not mean our husband is currently deployed. If we write about a current situation, such as dry dock, shift work, refit, we'll wait to post these. Uh, We never want to write about the boat's condition or the status. And if you read a post on this, it's been written at an earlier date. And we've waited, so you can rest assured that we're making sure that we're keeping um, your husband safe and our husband safe. So, okay, so tonight, if you want to call in, our number is 646-652-4629. That number is 646-652-4629. And um, you can call in, and we'll try and take your calls. And then if you have Yahoo or um, America Online, our instant message screen name is Navy Wife Radio. That's Navy Wife Radio. And I have Yahoo already up right now, and um, I'm going to AOL be up here in just a few minutes. So, um so please send us your questions or your IM for Tanya. I'm sure she would love to talk to you and get your questions. We already have some that people have sent us via the website, so uh, we're excited to share those with her. Um, before we get started, I do want to share with you some hot um, news from the Navy world. And I've got two stories to share with you. From Tampa, Florida, um, Eric T. Olson became the first Navy SEAL to command the U.S. Special Operations Command. Um, And that happened in a ceremony on July 9th, so it's very exciting. And then the other story we have for you is the Big E deploys aboard the USS Enterprise. The nuclear-powered aircraft carrier USS Enterprise has embarked um, from Naval Air Station Norfolk as part of a regularly scheduled deployment July 7th in support of the global war on terrorism. This is the Enterprise's second deployment within the past 14 months. The Big E returned from its most recent deployment, November 18th. Enterprise is a flagship for the Carrier Strike Group 12, which includes the guided missile destroyers the USS Fort Sherman, the USS James E. Williams, the USS Arleigh Burke, the USS Stout, and the guided missile cruiser USS Gettysburg. And last but not least, the fast attack submarine, the USS Philadelphia, all based in Norfolk. And also the fast combat support ship, the USNS Supply. That is based in Earl, New Jersey. And there are nearly 7,500 sailors and Marines in this strike group. So um, I wanted to share that with you guys. And um, so yeah, I'm going to give you our phone number one more time. 
Uh, we don't normally take calls in the show because we just have so much going on, but we couldn't just keep um, Tanya all to ourselves. So I hope you guys have time to call in. I'm going to give you that number one more time. It's 646-652-4629. And when we come back from the break, we'll have Tanya here. So hold on. We'll be right back. Tonight on Navy Wife Radio, we welcome special guest, journalist, author, and fellow military spouse, Tanya Bianc. During her father's 30-year career in the Army, she grew up on military posts throughout the world and considers the Army home. Her book, Army Wives, The Unwritten Code of Military Marriage, is the basis for the Lifetime television series, Army Wives, starring Emmy Award winner Kim Delaney and Catherine Bell. Army Wives appears Sunday nights at 10 p.m. on Lifetime and is produced by Touchstone Television and the producers of Grey's Anatomy. So stay with us as we welcome Tanya Bianc to Navy Wife Radio for a candid conversation about her writing, her Hollywood experience, her military life, and being a working mom. All this and more tonight on Navy Wife Radio. Tanya, are you there? I'm here. Hi. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. I think Blog Talk Radio, our little control panel, is not quite working so great. We had this nice little file, but it didn't quite play very loud. Um, You never can tell how those things work. (laughs) That's okay. Well, I'm glad that you're here. It looks like Marie is off with Mickey somewhere, Mickey and Minnie. Oh, okay. So she might be joining us. So if she calls in, we'll just add her to the conversation. But I wanted to get started and and just... um, Wanted to let you know, you know, welcome to our show. Our show is all about inspiring military wives, and we, we bring on guests that are doing what they love, and that's one of the reasons why we brought you on the show and asked you to be here. Oh, well, thank you very much. You're I'm welcome. honored to be on the show. Well, um, for our listeners who are not familiar with your story and your background, can you give them a little bit of info about that? I read your dad served in, you know, 30 years in the armed forces, and I was just wondering if you could elaborate, you know, what your experience was growing up a military, quote, brat. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a proud um, army brat, military brat, and and uh, as you said in your intro, my dad was in the army for, for many, many years, and he actually, he didn't retire until um, it was after I, I had graduated from college, so it was really um, a, a good portion uh, of of my my life and all of my younger years, and um, you know, the military is is a real special thing. And what I've learned is that it's it's very different to be a military wife than than being a child who grew up um, in the military. But it definitely gave me a very a special um, perspective growing up in in the this, this subculture um, of of the military. And that's something that I treasure. It's certainly not um, necessarily an easy life uh, when you're actually going through it. I don't know if I really appreciated it so much, uh, especially when I was a teenager. But looking looking back on it, you know, having some some years to to add to that perspective, um, I'm I'm very appreciative of it because it definitely uh, the, the military helped shape. Uh, my values and the person I am today, and that's something that I really wouldn't trade for anything. Right, right, right. Well, um, I think another thing that people would be surprised to know about you too is that, um, you know, when I first got your book, I didn't, I didn't know anything really about you, and I was number one surprised you had grown up in the military, and that you were an actual journalist. You weren't. Um, I hate to just use the word just a writer, but. You actually actually covered the news and um, covered the military and the soldiers there at Fort Bragg. So, could you tell everyone a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. That you know, some some people when they when they get the book, they assume that I wrote the book from my my experiences as an Army wife, and that's right. not true. That the the funny part about it is that. I didn't get married until the, the book was practically done. Um, I, I actually did not know when I started writing the book that I would become an Army wife. So I guess, you know, I, I call it an example of life imitating art. Um, <laughs> and some people have said, well, you know, you wrote a book about 
and again, these are people that haven't actually read the book, but they'll say, oh, you know, you wrote a book about army wives, but yet, you know, you haven't been one yourself for that long. And, and I always, and I only hear that occasionally, but my response is always that, well, the book wasn't written from the perspective of an army wife. Uh, meaning, you know, me, me as the author. It was written from the perspective of someone who grew up in the Army and who covers the military professionally. And uh, you, you certainly don't have to be an Army wife to write about Army wives. And my husband likes to say that some of the, the or actually the, the best books um, about World War II were written by people who never actually served in that war. Um, if I were to write another book about Army wives, sure, I would have. I would probably have a different perspective, um, being one now myself. But that was not the point of this book. This was uh, the book was not a, a memoir or an autobiography about my own experiences. It was about other people's, uh, other wives' experiences um, as military wives in the military community. And that's where I use my skills as a journalist um, to, to do the, the interviews and my skills as a writer to put that story together in a nonfiction narrative because it is a true story. Um, the, the tricky thing about a, a nonfiction narrative is that it reads like a, a novel, but yet it's fact. And the, the best description I've heard of, of a nonfiction narrative, it's it's halfway between the newspaper on your doorstep and the novel, the novel on your nightstand, because it's a, it's a true story, but you use a lot of the techniques, the writing techniques that you would find um, in a novel. But, but yeah, I'm, I was a, a writer, I was a journalist before I, I became an army wife, and I, I covered the military professionally as I continue to do um, today. Well, I think that's one of the things that makes your book. Um so unique and so interesting because it does read like a novel and you know I read it you know in two days and I couldn't put it down and I I could definitely tell the difference and um, that it's it is very detailed and it's it I think if you didn't know anything about the army at all you could pick that book up and it explains the things that we all kind of already know as even as military spouses some of the terms that everybody knows but you break it down in a way that's not um, boring, like, oh, you know, I, I already know that kind of thing. Um, to where, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, you could pick that book up, and it's um, interesting, engaging, and it's um, real. Well, that, I'm glad. Well, thank you very much, Wendy, because really the, the audience for the book was twofold. Obviously, um, spouses from the military community, not just Army-wise, but, but military spouses. I wanted the book to appeal to them, but I also wanted to write the book for, for civilians who may know next to little about military life. Um, but again, it, I had to write it in such a way that it would appeal to, to both of those um, audiences. And I was, already, I was already doing that as a journalist, uh, because working for a civilian newspaper, I, w I was covering the military, and my audience was military members, but also um, civilians. Gotcha. Well, um, I, wa I wanted you two to elaborate before we get into like a lot of details about the book, because I just think it's important to know for you know women out there who, um, or spouses who are you know looking to get into their chosen career field, you know that you you were a journalist working for a newspaper covering the military. And even though you weren't a military spouse at that time, you were, you know, still in that world and you interviewed, you know, hundreds, I throw the word hundreds out there, I'm guessing it was probably hundreds, um, military spouses and their experiences of transferring and moving and working. And I, I just wanted you to elaborate a little bit more about um, your experience as a journalist and the stories that you covered while you were there at Fort Bragg, not just this that summer that this book is based sure. on, but sure, uh, like yeah. I, I know your book talks about you deploying with the troops and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's true. I I covered um, the military um, at, at that time. I had covered it for five years, and five years. Okay. that it, that included um, you know deploying overseas with troops, but it also included doing stories about. Um, 
family members, spouses, also our, our military retirees and veterans. I always enjoy doing uh, stories about our veterans. And it was really just the, about the, a lot of the stories that I did was about the military community, the military lifestyle. And, and I lived in a, in a military town when I was, when I was doing this. Um, and so I was really, you know, immersed in the, in the culture, although at that time I was not married um, to a service member. It was a community I felt very comfortable with because you know, I, had, I had grown up in the, in the military. It was kind of like going home uh, to me. It wasn't, a, you know, a, a strange culture uh, that I was covering. But at the same time, I had to take a step back and um, and as you said, you know, I, I had my audience was not just just the military; it was also civilians. And so, also with the book, I had to take a step back, and I had to kind of say, okay, how can I write this in such a way that it, it can appeal um, to everybody? So, okay, so my next question, actually, this one came through my computer through the IM, was um, when it, it's just a real basic question of. Um, you know, how did your idea of the book come along? How, how did that happen? Yeah, the, the idea came about, um, I, always, I always wanted to write a book about the military uh, since I was young, but I always thought that I would have written a, um, a novel, you know, The Next Winds of War. That's what I always <laughs> wanted to do, you know, the, the next great military saga. Um, but what I learned about, covering the military professionally was that fact, a lot of times fact is better than fiction uh, because there's a lot of real-life drama in, in military life. And so, and, and I had learned that, you know, growing up around the military but also covering the military. So, uh, so real-life stories had that same um, level of interest, I think, of, of anything that I could have, you know, made up for a novel. But, but the book came about... Um, it, in the summer of 2002, uh, I, I did quite a, a number of stories on the Fort Bragg Army Wife murders, and um, some, of, some of your listeners may remember that because it, it made national news. And I happened to be the reporter that had broken that story, and just a, a quick recap of what had happened. In the summer of 2002 in, in Fayetteville, North Carolina, which is a town outside of Fort Bragg, uh, we had four soldiers who murdered their wives. And in a fifth case, um, an army wife murdered her husband. And this all happened in six weeks in one army town, within six weeks of each other. Um, and I wrote a story about that, and little did I know, but that it went international, and we had so much media coverage, press coverage, just converged onto, onto Fayetteville. And um, and so I was actually I was approached by a literary agent about writing a book, and he asked me if I would like to write a book, and I said sure. I said I really I really don't want to write a book um, on the murders. I said I've I've been covering it ad nauseum, and there's so much more to the army story than these murders. And I, and I thought what a shame if that's all that people outside the military community know about the Army is based on these murders. And so I really wanted to, to tell a more expansive story about military life. And yes, my, my book does touch upon the murders, but that is not um, the main story um, whatsoever. But that's, that's how it came, came about, the, the, the whole idea for the book, um, but also the opportunity to, to actually write a book. Well, I have to say that, you know, I had heard um, just, you know, th through different friends of mine who had, you know, you know, knew about the TV series Army Wives and, and about the book and had just made lots of comments. And I realized after I read the book that they hadn't read your book because they kept telling me, oh, well, it's a, it's a story about, you know, um, you know, four wives who were murdered by their husbands at Fort Bragg. And... and and it, that's not what the book is about. I mean, it touches about it touches that, and it does it. Um, it it's, it's in a, a way that's not um, over you know over. It doesn't sensationalize it or or um, make you know um, 
like a gory details of murder, and, and that that's kind of what I had. Yeah. My, my yeah, it's not a true crime book. I, I think some yeah. people think it's a true crime book just about these murders. And I just want, yeah, I want to put that out there so yeah, people know you. that if you've heard that, that's really not what this book is about at all. It does touch on it, and it's relevant to the story, but um, it's really just a, a tiny snapshot of what it is. And... Um, and the other thing I think is interesting that you said is that you were approached to write this book, which um, I don't think I really understood that before, that you yeah. weren't soliciting the idea, that it just kind of fell in your, I, don't, I hate to say it fell in your lap because you were already prepared, you already had, you were immersed in the culture. and Well, I had so. an opportunity. And, you know, a lot of times, a lot of times in life you just need an opportunity and it's, it's up to us to take that opportunity. And... But I would like to say, um, you know, it, it's not easy. If, if you want to write a book, getting an agent is, that's the first step. And it's very difficult to get an agent. And, and I was grateful for that. But having an agent is no guarantee that you'll get a book deal. Um, it's, just, it's just one step out of many that you have to, you have to take. Um, but, yes, I, I was approached about um, writing a book about, about military community. And, and then I decided, well, why not write it from the perspective of, of the wives? Uh, because to me, they're kind of underrepresented. I, I think the, the, the viewpoint of, of our military wives, um, you don't hear so much about us. And I thought, well, why not? Because why not do a, a tribute to them? Um, in this book, and, and when I say tribute, um, don't confuse that with, you know, one of those syrupy, sticky, sweet tributes, uh, because I think that our wives deserve more than that. I think they deserve a, a, an honest look at the military community. And so, and that's what I do. I, I have a lot of respect for our military community, but at the same time, um, I think that we all deserve, you know, an honest look. And sometimes that can, that can, that can be a little tough when you're looking at the the bumps and the warts and the scars and everything else, um, because military life isn't perfect. And I and I examine I examine military life in the book. Well, I think that um, one of the things I appreciated with your book is that uh, you know it isn't just you know there's very when you go and you're searching for you know military books on Amazon.com or, or wives or wives who've written books. There's so many, like, how, I hate to say it, but, like, a how-to book, like, your guide to the military life kind of thing. And um, and then there's, you know, books that deal with deployments, and there's books that deal with more serious issues. And there's really not that many that are, quote, in this genre or whatever term you want to use. So that's why I think, um, that's one of the reasons why I really wanted to concentrate on the book. I mean, we'll talk about the TV show, too, because I know people are IMing me questions about the TV show, <laughs> and we'll get to that because that's where the drama all comes in. Um, yeah. But uh, I just, I wanted to say to you it, to, and to the people that are listening, the ladies who are listening, that um, it's really um, unique to have this type of book because there are not that many out there that, you know, tell a narrative, you know, based on truth, that reads like a novel that's interesting, that if you're new to the Army or you're new to the military in general, that you can pick up and, and, and see different perspectives of different wives living the life and somehow find yourself in there and, and get a, a little piece of encouragement or a little piece of insight. Thank you. Thank you, Wendy. You know, one of the, the best compliments I got was from a, she was a, a retired military wife and she said Tanya you you wrote the book that we wanted to write and um, and that meant that meant a lot to me because it meant that um, that no matter whether you were you know an army wife 30 or 40 years ago you know from a different generation or from today's generation you know I, I really wanted the book to resonate with with wives from past and present generations just I wanted it to kind of have a, a timeless quality to it. Did you kind of sense that in the book? Because that's what I wanted. I did. I, I really did. And I, I, I kind of chuckled at some of the, quote, stereo, what I considered, what I thought, oh, gosh, that's just a stereotype. And I was kind of bothered by that. And I thought, and I was talking to my husband about it. And he said, well, why do you think stereotypes exist? Because there's women that are like that. And 
So we chuckled about it. I'm like, okay, maybe I'm being too critical. Um, but I think because you, when you read it, when you when you look at the certain women in the book that you mentioned, you're like, everyone knows that woman. Uh, we did a post on our website, submarinewife.com, and, and the ladies, you know, that are listening, I'm sure have read it, and they, we broke down our FRG meeting, in you know, basically the same way as the section of your book did when um, Rita, you know, aka Roxy. Yeah, <laughs> she's just hilarious, and she's talking about you know um, the different you know types of wives that are out there that you'll find, and I, and I just think whether you were you know a thirty-year veteran army wife or navy wife or marine wife or ten years or you know in, anywhere in between, you're going to know that wife in your FRG, and it's just it's kind of neat to to say, oh gosh, I'm not crazy, and they're you know. Yeah, and it's a, just a snapshot of of what we all know to be true. And sometimes it's not comfortable when someone shows it, you know, puts it right in your face, and you have to read it and go, "Oh yeah, that's right." Sometimes I was like that, and sometimes maybe I was like that too. But I'm hoping to be the what does Rita say? The got it together wife. That's right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. She calls it the got it together wife. That's the wife she wants to be instead of. Yeah, one of the other stereotypes. So. Yeah, she may have used an exploit to vote, too. <laughs> yeah, I think she did. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty funny. But, okay, so um, I had another question come through. And, and do you have any trouble writing? Do you get writer's block? Yes, I, I do. Uh, I think one of the most intimidating things for, for any writer, uh, and for me as well, is, facing the blank page. And I never really had a, as a, as a reporter, as a journalist, I've never had a problem, problem with that. But with the book I did from, from the very beginning because, you know, you're, you're talking about something that's, you know, what, 20,000 wor- words. And um, I was used to very quick uh, deadlines, quick turnaround. You know, okay, you've got two days to write this, or you have two hours to write this. And, you know, just bang the story out, get it out, slap it in the newspaper. I was I was used to writing under pressure and writing under deadline. And, yes, with a book, you're, you're also under an extremely amount, a lot of pressure, and you have a deadline. But, you know, your deadline's like a year out, and which you think is, oh, wow, that's a lot of time. Well, when you have to write, you know, 20,000 words and you're starting on page one. <laughs> yeah, that's intimidating. And you've never yeah. written a book before, and, you're, and, you, and you, have a, you, know, you have a book deal, but oh, by the way, if they don't like the story, the book you turn in, they don't have to accept it. Even though you have that deal, they can terminate your contract. I mean, it's, it's a lot of stress, and I had a lot of, um, a lot of sleepless nights. And yes, there, there, there was a lot of times I felt... Um, like I had writer's block. And the best way to deal with writer's block is it doesn't help to just sit at the computer and tear your hair out. Um, you just you got to get away from the computer and you got to approach it another time. Um, if you have the luxury to do that, because if you're under deadline, there's nothing like a better motivator than, Wendy, than, than being under deadline because then you can't have writer's block. Um, and that's that's the thing about professional writing. Um, you're not always afforded the luxury to have to have writer's block. Um, you're getting paid to write, and so gosh darn it, you you better write something. <laughs> so um, so the, the longer you you do it, because I've been doing it for a num you know a number of years, um, over ten years. Um, you just you get used to it. I mean that's your profession. Your profession is to write, and you write on. You write on demand, and and you gotta learn, you gotta learn to do that. But yeah, there there are moments where I'm like, you know, the thought just isn't coming to me, and um, so it might help to go take a shower or or do, or do something, and then and come back with what it's called having fresh eyes. You're you're approaching the page with fresh eyes later on. Well, I think that's good. It's always good to step away and see, you know, if. If um, you know, you just get a moment of inspiration when you come back. Yeah, 
Yeah, I do. I, I could be washing dishes, or usually I'll I'll get ideas. If I'm washing dishes or taking a shower, or you know, just walking up the stairs, something like that. Um, I'll get more ideas doing that than when I'm just sitting there at the computer. That's funny. That's true, though, too. I think sometimes too. My I, my ideas for things that I want to work on or do are when I'm doing something completely different, and I'm like, oh, I got to write that down. Yeah. Um, so okay. Um, so how did the series come about? Yeah, that, that's an interesting question. The, you know, I, all I ever wanted to do, really, my dream was to write a book and and get it published. I never thought of any possibility beyond that. So actually, having it, it turned into a, a television series. Is, I still don't know if it's hit me, um, but actually, I was um, somehow my my book proposal uh, found its way into the hands of a Hollywood film agent. Uh, because the way, when, when you write a nonfiction book, um, what you do is you first write a, a very detailed book proposal, which is about 30 to 40 pages. You don't write the entire manuscript first when you're trying oh, to okay. sell the book. Okay. Now, you do if it's a novel. Um, if, if the book is fiction, you, do your, you write your whole manuscript, and then if you have an agent, your agent then tries to sell that to the publishing houses. Uh, but with, with a nonfiction book, you do a book proposal which has uh, chapter summaries. It's got an outline. Um, it, it's very, very detailed. And, and it outlines the story you're going to write. And it, you might even have like a, a sample chapter in there. And then you or your agent then takes that to the publishing houses. And then if you then if you know, if you get a book deal from that, then the publisher says, okay, you have this such and such a deadline, and you've got to get it done. And so that's how it worked for me. Um, a film agent uh, got a hold of my uh, book proposal, and she thought that it had a lot of potential for either a, a movie or a miniseries or, or a TV show or something. Um, and so she got it then into the hands of some producers. And uh, one of the producers had wanted to do a show about military wives. She had wanted to do that for a really long time. And so they were just waiting for me to finish the book. But talk about pressure, you know. Well, <laughs> yeah, had... that, that kind of leads to more writer's block. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't even written the first word of the book. And... Um, you know, so it was that. That was a lot of pressure. So they were waiting for me to to get it done and for the book to actually come out. And I so think once that's that happened, so unique that before you actually wrote the book, that it yeah. had already been bought, and it, it's just completely backwards than what. Yeah, it was. Well, they didn't buy it at that point. They they ended up Touchstone TV optioned the book once once the book came out. Options the book. And gotcha. From that, basically, they're saying, okay, we own the rights for a year. During that time, we may sit on it and do nothing, or we might um, develop it into a pilot. We might do something with it. We might try to, you know, sell it. Um, you, you just don't know what they're going to do. And so Touchstone did option it, and then they renewed their option for a second year, and it was during that second year that um, that they sold it to Lifetime, did the pilot. Now, the pilot was the very first episode of the show. Um, I never realized that. I thought, oh, okay, the, I thought a pilot's like, you know, six episodes or something, but it, it wasn't. It was the first episode that aired, and then after that, they, they then did 12 more. Yeah, yeah. Life, well, there's all these steps. I mean, it's just, it's amazing that it all happened because every step of the way, you know, I mean, for every for every show that makes it on the air, there's like five to ten that didn't, you know, that, that were made into pilots and nothing ever happened. Um, and for every pilot that's made, you know, there's like 20 that didn't get to that point. Um, there's just the, the odds are against you in, in the business of it actually happening. Um, and so I never really got excited over it because I knew that the chances would be very rare of, of anything happening. But it actually did. <laughs> so, um, 
So you were yeah, just kind of like, I'm not going to get excited. And yeah, and I didn't. I didn't. I never did. I never. And people thought, Tanya, you're so underwhelmed about. It. I said, Well, you know, we we don't know yet what's going to happen. And but uh, but it ended, it ended up it ended up happening. And then Touchstone um, then sold it to to Lifetime TV. And then uh, Lifetime said, Okay, do the pilot. They did the pilot, but then. That doesn't mean that Lifetime had to pick the pilot up, though. They but they to get the pilot done, right? Yeah, and it could it could end right there, or they could just air the pilot, you know, one time thing, and that would be it too. Um, but they liked it, and then they they ordered twelve more episodes. So, what was so, it like the day that you found out they ordered the twelve episodes? Because I would think that would be the day that you were could be excited, right? Yeah, you know, I've. People still say I'm underwhelmed over it all, and I, I maybe it's just not part of my my personality. I, I think it's a it's a wonderful, it, it's a wonderful thing. But at the same time, I'm I'm a writer, so you know I get excited about writing books and writing articles and those things. And having the show is wonderful, but it's more like oh okay, that wow, that's interesting. I, or maybe it still hasn't hit me yet, Wendy. I don't know. I it's not like I was jumping up and down, screaming, jumping for joy. I wasn't. I was like. Wow. Okay, this will be interesting. And, and, um, and <laughs> well, you know, I think the joy probably comes too when the book was finished. I would think, and when the book came out, like when you saw it, you know, in the bookstores the first that's time. A good, that's a good question too, because if you had asked me that question before I even had the book deal, when I was just, you know, coming up with the ideas and, and putting a, a proposal together, in my mind. I thought my happiest moment would be getting the book deal. And when I actually got the book deal from St. Martin's Press, it wasn't the happiest moment. It was actually the scariest moment because I thought, oh, no. Now I've got to now I've, I've do it. And like I told you before, oh, gosh, and it's not, if it's not good, I, you know, they can cancel out my contract. And I mean, it was a scary moment because I realized how serious it was. And and that I oh are you there? Hello. I think I might have lost her. Okay, well, if you're listening to me, this is Navy Wife Radio on Blog Talk Radio, and I think that we just lost Tanya just for a second. So hopefully, she'll be calling back in. Um. If you want to IM us a question, you can IM us at Navy Wife Radio on Yahoo or AOL Instant Messenger. And our call-in number, just so you know, it is 646-652-4629. Um, I think that Tanya will try and call back in as soon as she does, then we'll get her back on the line. And um, we actually had another call come through, but now she's – oh, wait, here she is, I think. Tanya, are you there? Hello? Yep, are you there? Yes, I'm here, Wendy. Okay, I think we just lost you for just a moment. Yep, I'm back. Okay, good. Very good. Um, oh, sorry about that. Oh, no, no, that's okay. I was just probably talking for five minutes, and I probably wasn't even on the air. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but I think I, I was talking about the, the scary moments of the, the book deal was actually a, getting it was a scary moment. And I then thought, well, my happiest moment will be when I actually turn it in. But that wasn't a happy moment either because I thought, well, what if it's terrible? <laughs> what if they don't like it? And uh, so I, it was really a lot different than I had envisioned it. I, my happiest moment was when my editor told me that she loved the book. And that was huge relief <laughs> for me. <laughs> That was that was more exciting to me than actually seeing the book, you know, in the in the, the bookstore or or anything else. It, it was that moment that my my editor had accepted the book. Well, I, I think that's awesome because then you know, if your editor loves it, then you would think other people will love it too. It's kind of like, you know, um, I don't know. They there's this whole psychology behind you know the birth order of children, and they you know the firstborn that they usually say is. Uh, requires a lot of, um, you know, need to please, you know, like mm-hmm. they like 
you know, positive encouragement and, oh, you did a great job and all of that. So uh, I always, I'm a firstborn, so I always say that. My husband always teases me about that. He's like, oh, you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. <laughs> he just kind of feeds my ego. And um, so it's, I, I relate to that on that sense because I think if somebody was telling me, oh, this is great, you did a good job after you pour your heart and soul into it. And, yeah. You know, I years I working on it. I know. I yeah. I heartbroken. <laughs> um, and plus you you value their um, their experience, their knowledge, and, you know, everything that, you know, their expertise. So That's right. Yeah. I could see where that would be a very big, huge relief. Yeah, it, it's like giving a, a pat on the back from your boss. Right. Really, because that's what an, an editor is. An editor is your boss. So um, I wanted to um, go back one step because I had a question written down I forgot to ask you. Um, for people that, um, you know, haven't read the book yet, because I think the, the the book does a good job of explaining it, but um, what exactly does like the quote the quote unwritten code of military marriage mean? Because I've had a couple of people ask me that, and I thought, you know, I'm going to ask Tanya what her version of that sure, is. Sure, sure. To me, it it means a couple things. Um, in in the book, I write about how there are times in your marriage when the army must and will come first you know, in your life and, and, and in your marriage because, you know, you don't have, you don't have control. And that can over, be said for Navy, too. And that, yeah, I, I didn't want to speak for the Navy, but I think on, on some level for, for the military uh, that that is true. And because you don't have control over deployments or um, training exercises, things of that nature. Um, you know, it might be your wedding anniversary or your child's, fifth birthday, and, of course, you want your husband to be there, but um, that's not always a given with, with military life. And so in that sense, um, the, the military will come first um, sometimes because our husbands are in um, a selfless service profession. Um, it's, it's public service in, in, in many ways. And so, and so sometimes uh, the needs of others have to come first before um, the families, and so that's that's one meaning of this of the unwritten code. Because when you marry when you marry into the military, you don't always um, think that part of it through. But but the unwritten code it, it's very much the message of the book, um, the unwritten code, because it, it refers to me. It, it refers to the the strength and the perseverance required of military wives and. It refers to all those things that are expected and understood, but that often go unspoken. And, um, you know, military wives have to be really strong in the face of adversity. And you've got to persevere, especially these days because we're at war. You've, you've got to persevere even when you feel like falling apart. Exactly, and, right. And yep. so that's what that, that code is because all those things, it's, you know, it's the unwritten code because, it's not out in the forefront, but yet everybody knows if, if, you're, if you're a wife in the community. Um, you learn that rather, rather quickly. It's, it's unspoken, but... Um, and so that's, it's, that's kind of the message of the book, but I don't necessarily come out and say that in the book, but, if, but through the lives of these women... Um, that I portray in the book, they they very much live that that unwritten code. Right. Well, Tanya, we're going to take a quick break. Hopefully, our audio file will work. Earlier, we had trouble, but I'm going to go ahead and play our, a note from our sponsor. So, if you'll just hang on the line, we'll be right back. Here we go. Here we go. On a run. On a run. This is the Chief. Ask the You're listening to Navy Wife Radio with Wendy and Marie. If you have a Navy-related question, visit AskTheChief.com, where we have been keeping sailors informed for over five years. Okay, we're back, and I want to remind everyone you're listening to Navy Wife Radio. On today's show, we have Tanya Bianc, and she is the author of Army Wives, The Unwritten Code of Military Marriage. Welcome back. All right, Thank you. Uh, um, okay, so we had another. I'm not really good at multitasking when Marie's out here because I have EIMs coming on my screen, and I haven't paid too much attention to them earlier because I wanted to um, give you my full attention. 
but um, I had a couple more questions to ask you. Um, one was, the what is your average day like for you? I don't know what you're working on right now or... Yeah, um, well, I have a, I've got a nine-month-old baby son, and so I thank you. I I take care of him uh, uh, at home, and I have an office in my in my house, and I write every day. And it's uh, my son isn't crawling yet, so I my dad uh, wonders how do I find time to write and, and take care of him, and I have no idea. I'm I'm kind of figuring it out as I go along. Um, but I think like a lot of women who have, you know, home-based businesses and, and who take care of their children in, in the home, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make it work. And, um, and again, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of making it up as I go along. But, uh, but I write whenever he's asleep, basically. <laughs> and a lot of times, you know, he'll, he'll sit with me on the box. He'll, he'll be asleep there, and I, I, it seems that he sleeps more in the mornings, and so I get a lot of my, my writing done then. And I also do a lot of writing on the weekends, watch my son uh, for me, and I've learned that there are some things I can do when he's, you know, awake. Um, I can do some research. I've even done interviews um, with him, like I've been nursing, you know, I'll, I'll nurse him and I'll do an interview. I'm not doing that now, but, but um, you know, you do what you have to do and uh, when, you, when you have um, children. And so um, it's, I, I am fortunate that I can at least work from home and, and still write. And it's one of those professions that I can, since I'm a, I'm a freelance writer now, I'm not actually working in a, you know, in a newspaper office. I have a little bit of, of flexibility, but I write every day, and I write for um, several different publications. I also do a, a blog on Lifetime on LifetimeTV.com. Okay, and yeah, ap- we want to tell everybody about that. Yeah, it appears every Monday after the show. It, it's posted, and it's under. If you go to LifetimeTV.com, just click on the Army Wives logo kind of in the, the, the big logo in the middle of the page, and then click on Army Posts up on top, and, um, and it'll come right up. And each week I just take a different topic from the show. I'm not really discussing the show. There's another part where you can go on and talk about it where people can chat about the show and other things. But what I do is I take um, one topic, something that stands out to me, when I watch the episode, and then I, I do a piece on that. And then there are other writers, too, throughout the week who will also use that same theme and, and do a blog. That's one thing I do. I, I also um, I do a column. I do a monthly column for military.com, and I also write for Military Spouse Magazine, Military Officer Magazine, and SyncHouse.com. And I, do, um, I also write for... Better Business Bureau's military line, which is like a, a consumer news report, and so it's it's a lot with with the baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think we're going to try and take a call. Okay. And and let's see who has a question for you. And um, we have someone from the area code nine one two. Area code nine one two. Are you there? Yes, it's me, Megan. Hey, Megan. Thanks hey. for calling. Do you have a question for Tanya? Um. Well, I guess I was just. Uh, just want to comment on the show, or um, well, I, I wanted to know, I guess, what, um, how much control do you have over the show itself? Like, um, like when it's when it airs, is it exactly what you wrote, or is it is it has it been changed a little or tweaked, or? Yeah, actually, I'm I'm not a writer for the show. Um, they they have a, a host of writers and and producers, and so. They're, they're the ones who, who write the dialogue and, and the scenes. What they do is they, they refer back to the book because the, the book is different. It's very different from the show because the, the book is a true story. And the TV show, it, it's fiction. Okay. It's fiction. The, the characters are, are different. I think it, people who have read the book will see, they'll know who the characters are, but, but they're fiction on the show. It's, um, you know, it's, 
it's a drama. It would be very hard to follow to follow a book when you're doing a weekly TV series. It would be impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really, as far as control over the show, yeah, I don't, I don't control the show. I, I don't um, control what, what they write about or, or what's said. I am, I'm, a, I'm a consultant for the show, and then what that just means is if they have any questions about things, um, I will answer the, those questions. They also have some military advisors uh, who are actually on the set every day um, helping out. I've started to read the scripts for the last couple of shows, and I'm, I'm really glad because I can pick up on things that maybe aren't quite right, and I can give them you know, my opinion and, and recommendations for, for things that maybe they should, um, they should change. Okay. <laughs> Well, thanks, Megan, for calling in. Um, Megan visits our site a lot, so I'm, gl- I'm glad you finally called the show. This is, I think, your first time calling in. So. Yeah. Well, um, thanks so much, and um, we'll we'll see you over on the blog. Okay. okay. Bye, Megan. Bye, Bye, Megan. That's always fun when we get calls. Um, okay, well, we need to start wrapping up. Um, I wanted to, you know, give you the opportunity to answer one last question. And basically, you know, um, we have a lot of um, – First time, you know, uh, deployment going on right now, wives, wives that are brand new to the Navy, you know, and, and traditionally for the Navy, our husbands are gone at least six months of the year, sometimes three, um, and then they're out again. Um, so, you know, we deal with deployments year in and year out, whether there's a war going on or not. So, That's right. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to ask you, um, what would, if you had any advice for um, a, a, a Navy wife or a spouse who is struggling with trying to get her career started, um, you know, what would be uh, some words of encouragement for her? Yeah, I, I would definitely say that, um, you know, don't, don't give up on yourself. And there, there can be some difficulties, especially with, with moving around a lot or when your husband's deployed and, You've got kids, you know, you're, you're now a single parent, and how are you going to, you know, find time to, to, to work or to follow your dream? I would say don't, don't give up um, on your dream. And, and I think the, the great thing about the military now is that there are, there are a lot of resources out there. For example, if you want to get your associate's degree or if you want to get your, your four-year bachelor's degree, there's a lot of opportunities um, to do that now. If, if you live near a base, um, there's a lot of um, satellite college campuses where you can take some courses or you can also um, take some courses online from your own house. Um, so there's, there's a lot of help out there and there's also a lot of military spouse scholarships um, that you can find. Some of them are on um, military.com among other places. Um, Military One Source is, a, is another good good site. Right, I think that's house. great because I I read somewhere like your mom she went back to school too after you were already gone and out of the house that's too. Right, I think, right. Yeah. My mom, my mother is that what is that what? Yeah, you your mom didn't she? Yeah, go back to she school? actually went. Well, she actually went back um, when I was in elementary school at the age of forty. She went okay. back, and she was my mom was a nurse. Uh, she was an RN. I but, think that's a great inspiration to people. Yeah, out there. yeah. It's never too late. To get her. It's it's never too late. And my mom actually went on to go get her her master's degree after after that. So that that's one thing that I would definitely say is that um, you know don't don't give up on your education if, if that's something you 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 want to do because it can move with you. And, and as a military spouse, you can also now get in-state rates in in most states. And that's something that's relatively that's relatively new. And a lot of your your course credits will transfer um, to other bases, to other satellite campuses on on your military base. And so that that's the biggest thing because with education, that's going to open a lot of doors uh, for different um, careers for you. Yeah, I totally agree. Yep. Um, that's a very good point. And I um, I had a couple other, you know, IMs come through, and um, I just want to say we'll, we'll um, 
we'll get to those. We'll put them up. We'll post them up on the blog, and maybe you can visit our blog, Tanya, and answer those questions over there because we've got to wrap up. Um, I'd be happy to. I'd be happy to come back another time. Jimmy. Okay, good. Yeah, we are. We we would love to have you back. And I just want to remind everyone that um, you can visit Tanya over at her website, Tanya Bianc. That's T A N Y A B I A N K dot com. And over there, um, you can get the book, right? You can get the book over there? Sure. It, there, yeah. there's, uh, there's a link to Amazon. You can okay. also get the book at Amazon.com, or you can find it um, in, in any bookstore. Yeah, I found mine just going down to my local Barnes & Noble, and they had it in stock. Under They had it under in stock under the new name, Army Wives. Um, and I know it was released previously under... The Sabers was the title. That's um, right. Under the Sabers, under hardcover. Yeah. yeah. Under the Sabers, um, if you want a hardcover book, uh, it's, it's under the title Under the Sabers. Your paperback is under the title of, of Army Wives. It's the same book. It's just a different title and a, and a different cover. Okay. Well, I encourage everyone to go and, and get that book, even if you have to get it from the library. It's really, um, you know, the, the the Lifetime TV series, it is built for drama and um so, you know, if you could separate the two, I mean, I the TV show, you know, there's some parts about it I love, there's some parts that I don't love so much, but the book I love. So I, if I could give a recommendation, I would say if you've seen the show but you haven't read the book, go out and get the book. It's a really um, great read. You'll read it in a couple of days. It's a great deployment book. Thank um, you very much, Wendy. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, um, Tanya, thanks so much for coming on the show. Um, My and pleasure. And you're invited back anytime you like. And oh, are you going to be anywhere? Any appearances anytime soon? I wanted to ask. Oh gosh, um, where am I going to be? Um, I think in in August I'm actually going to be out in in LA. And oh goodness, where else? You know, my, ever since I became a mother, my mind is kind of blank. <laughs> well, you have uh, an appearance list on your website, right? I do have an appearance. Yeah, I do have an appearance list. But as far as doing books signings. Um, when the book came out last year, I did, I did quite quite a few of those. I've only done one this year. Um, but I'll, I'll be updating the that appearance list. I update that regularly. Okay, great. So people can, everyone, ladies, you can go over to her website and check her appearance list and see if Tanya will be near you, um, where you live. And um, okay, Tanya, well, um, thank you for coming on the show. It's been wonderful having you here. Thank you so much, Wendy. It was my pleasure. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, everyone, we've just been talking to Tanya Bianc, the author of Army Wives, The Unwritten Code of Military Marriage. You can find her book on Amazon.com or over at her website, TanyaBianc.com. I just want to have a couple announcements for you before we close down the show. I just want to thank everyone who um, I am just questions. And there were a couple I didn't get to, so we'll post those over on the website, and then we'll email them to Tanya, and she'll answer them for us, hopefully. Um, coming up, we've got some upcoming shows I want to tell you about. On um, Next week, on July 17th, Holly Shearer and Kathy Hightower will be here. Um, they're the authors of Help Them, a Military Spouse. Their website is militaryspouse.com. They'll be here next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. We're so excited. They do these um, workshops that are called um, Follow Your Dreams While You Follow the Military. And um, Kathy has just recently got come back from a tour in Germany where she did quite a few workshops and did a book signing and that kind of stuff. So we can't wait to hear all about that. We have a special guest on July 24th. We're doing a special time at 2 p.m. that afternoon. That is a huge celebrity guest that we have coming on. And so you will have to visit our website to get the details on that, but I will say celebrity guest, and um, you don't want to miss it. And then at the end of the month, Pat will be here from Hey Shipwreck. He will be releasing his season finale of Hey Shipwreck, and so he's going to come on the show July 31st and promote it here first. And um, you want to make sure that you're here for that. So, um I want to let everyone know our show today was sponsored by thesubreport.com, your daily source for news and events. You can head on over to thesubreport.com. And our show is also sponsored by askthechief.com. Our disclaimers were not a part of any official government agency, the Department of the Navy, or the Department of Defense. The views and opinions expressed here are our own 
and do not reflect official Navy policy. Any advice we give is strictly the author's. Should you require professional counseling, please seek a qualified professional or a uh, therapist. Um, I also want to remind everyone you can download the song it, Is This Love by Thomas Anderson on iTunes. That is from the um, Army Wives TV series. It was just released yesterday. That song will take us out today as we close the show. Um, our live feed will drop off here in about 10 seconds, but the rest of that song will play via the archives. So if you listen to us via the archives, you'll hear most of it. So I just want to thank Tanya again for coming on the show today. We had so much fun with her, and thank you all for listening. This has been Navy Wife Radio. Go underway with us at submarinewife.com. Okay, everyone, we're in after the show. I just want to thank you all again for tuning in. Marie, we missed you tonight. I hope you're having fun with Mickey. Um, we can look for her next time, I'm sure. And um, I just want to let everyone know you've been listening to, the, to Wendy on Navy Wife Radio. Go underway with us at submarinewife.com. Thinking about you Baby, lately 